Welcome to the podcast. Started off drinking coffee, should have taken a little drink before I started, but we're ill-prepared over here, people, ill-prepared. If you don't know what that means, that means we don't know how to be sick, to prepare to be sick. Alright, this is an awful start, one of the worst starts. By right, I should really stop it and delete it and go into the shower, have a little cry and have a little wank and then start again. But I don't have time to restart it all and to take a shower and to have a wank and and to have a cry. That's a bit too much now. It's a Friday Eve. Time is ticking. I'm already late. Why am I doing that this time? I don't know. I got a show in two hours and I said, let's do a podcast and go to the gym and uh, do one other thing that slipped my mind or some visa work. Uh, So that's probably five hours that I'm trying to slip in now to one hour and 45 minutes. Because I'm a dumb man, very dumb, um, smart in some ways, but stupid in others if I don't really put my mind to it. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. This is episode 140. 140. Some people thought it was going to be 150. No, it's 140. Uh, random podcast, 140. With me, Marquez. We did it, guys. We made it to 140. I had a teacher who used to say 40 like that. Open page 140. And I'd odd say, what page, Mr. O'Sullivan? 140. And I'd say 114. He said, no, 140. And I'd say, okay, 114. And I'd always try and read so I could read off page 114. And he'd say, no, it said 140. And I'd say, I'm on 114. And there'd be a great, great group. Oh, it doesn't sound funny. And if I reenacted it in a movie, it wouldn't look funny. But believe me, you people, believe me, you, dear listener, believe me, you with your ears there now, whatever you're doing, you're naked, you're sitting on your bed, you're contemplating. Should I put on pants or should I go back to sleep? Should I have a nap? Should I get up? Should I stay down? Am I depressed? What's happening? What's going on? Why am I listening to the podcast? What's he on about? Is he on about the number 140 or 114? If that's you right now, just know we had a great time when I was making fun of his 140. And he'd also say oil like this, O-I-L. He'd say it like aisle. So he'd be like, put a, put a gallon of aisle into the cylinder. And I'd say, how much aisle? And he'd say, a gallon of aisle. And I'd say, is that not a lot of aisle? And he'd say, it's a, it's a gallon of aisle. I'd say, oh, what kind of aisle would it be now? Would it be like a wedding aisle or a supermarket aisle? And he'd say, what kind of, what, it's aisle that you put in your car? And I'd say, oh, yeah, but like, where, if you were to walk down the aisle, would there be aisle in the aisle? Or would the aisle be aisle free? And he'd say, he'd suddenly look up and he'd realize this little shit with the lesbian haircut, he's not interested in aisle at all. Or the page 140. He's just a little punk, just a little bitch, just a little chancer. Let's give him a report card. And I'd say, no, please, I take it all back. I'm weak, I'm a weak, I'm a fraud, I'm a charlatan. Didn't mean it, didn't mean it, take it back, I'm not a bad boy. I'm a good boy who likes the mess, I'm a messer. Take it back, please, please, no. And he'd say, well, you have detention. And I'd say, ah, Jesus, no, I want to go home and eat biscuits. I want to eat biscuits. I want to eat some ginger nuts. Oh, put some soggy ginger nuts into me into me mouth. And then Father oh, Father Brennan Canty would, would perk his head in the door. He's redhead. He'd say, who's looking for ginger nuts? And I'd say, get out of here, Father. Fuck off with your, with your big hairy red nuts. I'm talking about the biscuits. Dipping them into a cup of tea. Nice soggy biscuit. Just get it wet enough so you don't. it doesn't fall off. Hanging on for dear life It's like you're edging the biscuit If you don't know what edging is I know everything sexual now that I live in LA My whole um, dictionary My whole encyclopedia of sexuality And sexualness And what is what And unfortunately I'm aware now of everything Edging is when you almost ejaculate But then you stop And then you, you wait And then you wait And then you try again And then you almost And then you stop and then you wait, and then you wait, and then you almost, and then you wait, and you're about, no, and you stop. 
And then you keep going for this for apparently 17 hours. And then when you do have an orgasm, you shoot a hole into the roof because it's so powerful. Be, be you male or female, that's how powerful it is. Uh, a gust of orgasm escapes like a beam out of your genitals through the roof. And you'd say, we edged it. We edged it. Um, that's what I like to do with a biscuit. I'd like to edge it. So I was like, oh, is it going to break? No. Oh, and then it broke. And then the edging was over. That's how I like to eat a biscuit. A lot of you probably, you do write in weekly. You're like, hey, Billy Merkel, can you explain how we eat a biscuit? How would you eat a biscuit if you were me? And I'd say, I'd get the cup of tea. I'd fill it four-fifths, maybe five-sixths with tea. A little bit of milk. Oh, it's a bit hot. A little bit more milk. Oh, now we got, what, should, what biscuit should we go for? Should we have some cookies? Now oh, let's have a ginger nut. Let's have maybe a digestive. Oh, let's go all out. Let's have a chocolate digestive. Oh, now who's fancy? Who's fancy with the chocolate? And I'd say, I'm a fancy boy. And my parents are probably looking at me talking to biscuits, being like, is he a homosexual or what's happening here? How oh, is he talking to biscuits about edging and making the biscuits shoot sperm through the roof? What is he on about? Is he okay? Should we uh, look in? Is he a witch? Does he have autism? What's happening here? And I'd be like, I'm just playing my biscuits. It's either that or I invite Father Brendan Canty over. I'm getting some ginger nuts either way. Now, some uh, listeners are going to listen to that and say, oh, he's into ginger nuts. No, I made a joke. So chill, chill out, chill out. Don't like ginger nuts. Because who really likes ginger people? Not me. They're a scourge, 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 scourge in the earth. Anyway, what were we on about? Can we bring it back? We bring it back. Can we walk down the aisle? We're walking down the aisle. We're picking out some nice vegetable aisle. Maybe some coconut aisle. We're like, oh, this is good aisle. Keep walking. Oh, there we go. 100 page, 140. And there we brought it back, people. What a roundabout. We went around the world, but we made it somehow. We got it back, and now we're back here at a page 140. And in episode 140, what kind of fucking intro is this? Who knows? Whom knows? Not I. This like, if you ever text someone with invisible ink, and you're like, oh, what did I say? And then you look at it, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's it. Well, there's no invisible ink here. This is more of a Snapchat. I messed up with that analogy, but there we go. We plow on. Disappears like Snapchat. Disappears. I realize women, uh, girls on Instagram, they seem to be posting a lot on their stories of, like, models they like or quotes they like or music they like or places they want to live or chairs they like or blankets they like or shoes they like or houses they like or men they like and it's like a vision board it's like a vision board but on instagram but on their stories and it disappears and that's why they'll never reach it because it disappears and they have a new one the next day a vision board has to be physical stick it up there on your wall wake up to it wake up and then realize what the fuck am i doing i got a vision board i read the book the secret and i really i'm that weak of a person that it fooled me and if by slight chance I, I I somehow get any of the stuff I want, like a white BMW, I'll say, Jesus, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And thank you, Vision Board. That was you, you piece of wood. You piece of wood there up on my wall. You put it out there into the universe, and the universe hands it back to you. That's what these fucktards say. Fucktards, was that a bit harsh? Who knows? Who knows, really? Not me. One time, I was sweating a lot at night. Kept getting night sweats while I was trying to sleep. Just sweating, sweating all over. I was like, what's wrong with me? Am I dying? I did the normal thing. I googled night sweats at 5 a.m. in the morning during a bout of insomnia. I googled night sweats. And one of the first things was AIDS. Thanks, Google. Good man yourself, Google. Putting AIDS in my head, and I was like, Haha, well, it's not AIDS, but what else is there? And then I could just be like, but what if it is AIDS? You never know. You're sweating like a whore. Went to the doctor. I said, doctor, I have AIDS. What's the next step? 
And he said, why do you think you have AIDS? And I said, because I keep sweating at night. And I googled it at 5 a.m. And, you know, lo and behold, that gives me a degree in AIDS. I have an AIDS degree. I've got the AIDS sweats. What's next, doctor? Give me the AIDS medicine. And then we chatted. And then we chatted. And then we chatted some more. And then it turns out that I just bought cheap sheets by mistake. The cheap sheets were making me um, sweat like a whore. And I changed my sheets. And oh, Betsy, the AIDS went away. So that's how you cure AIDS. Um, if any of you are listening out there, just change your bed sheets. Buy better bed sheets. Buy breathable bed sheets. Buy high count, tread count, whatever it's called. Don't know. Don't understand it. But, you know, stay away from cheap sheets. They'll change your life. Um, and that was that story was an illustration of how I don't know. Can't remember what I don't know originally, but there's another thing I don't know. What was it that I didn't know? I no longer, I don't know. It just comes and goes. It's like a Instagram story. It's like your vision board. It's not going to work. It's like um, disappearing texts. They're gone. What did you say? I don't know. Let's just bluff it and pretend like we know. Oh, ha, ha, ha. yeah, that was funny. Ha, ha. Oh, sorry, you're, you're, someone died. Shit. I remember a girl one time was telling me about uh, she was texting a dude that she was seeing. She just started seeing him. We were talking about invisible texts on the iPhone. If you don't know what they are, you're uh, either a peasant. Peasant. You're a peasant, I said. Or that's it. That's the only reason you wouldn't know what invisible texts are. Or else you're old and you don't know how technology in your iPhone works. So you're either peasant, 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 or you are um, dim are old one of the three maybe you're a dim old peasant who knows you might be living in muck as we as we speak you might be out there living in a barn living in a barn with your with your only cow you and your cow and you're afraid to kill her because even though you could make money and eat her and get some some materials she's your only friend huh she's your only friend and on those lonely 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 cold rainy nights Sometimes you wish she'd make a move. You wish Bernadette, your cow Bernadette, would make a little move and you'd be more than friends. But you're a gentleman, so you're never going to encroach on your cow. You're going to wait for your cow to make the first move. But um, if that's you, if that's you specifically, Seamus O'Riordan, you know who you are, Seamus O'Riordan, you dim old peasant who loves his cow Bernadette. Um, invisible texts are texts on iPhones. Where you can make it that you, you have to click on the text to actually read it. So you send it and you're like, what is this? And then you click in the text. And you can do it for pictures too, I found out. Great way to send a, a tit pic or a dick pic, whatever you're into, an anal, anus pic, whatever you want really. Picture of food, if you're trying to make someone break their diet, whatever you want, you can send it with pictures. But this girl was telling me she was texting a dude and... The dude, they were just chatting about stuff, like plans, what do we do, blah, blah, blah. And then the dude sent an invisible text saying, hey, you should know I have gonorrhea, you should get checked. And then the rest of the texts were normal. He just slipped it in there, slipped it in there, like a little note under the door. A little note under the door, and needless to say, they, they didn't stay together. The invisible text trick didn't work. I'm going to try it soon, I'm going to text someone, hey... Might have AIDS, could be sheets, could be could be bad sheets, you never know, so you might as well buy new sheets and get a checkup. And then the girl would be like, what? I'm your Uber driver. And I'd be like, ah, shit, my bad, my bad, don't worry, don't worry. I won't open up again to you. I remember one time I opened up to a girl, I can't remember what I told her, but I remember what she said, and that's the most important thing there, people. There now, people. That's the thing Irish people do. They put in there for no reason. And it makes... I remember this guy, Owen White, told me one time, he's like, you know you say there a lot. And I'd be like, what do you mean? He's like, how's it going now there? And he's like, why are you saying there? And I'd be like, I didn't say it there. And he's like, you just did it again. I'd be like, oh, she's kind of hot now, isn't she there? And he's like, you're doing it again. And I'm like, I think you have a mental issue there. <laughs> But one time I opened up to a girl and um, I can't remember what she said, as I just said earlier. But I remember she said, ha ha ha, you're a little bitch. 
And I laughed. It was one of the best things that happened to me because I almost became a new person. I almost went down a different path. I came to a fork in the road and I almost went down the road less travel. But she said, go away and fuck off. And I stayed on the main path. I stayed on the main highway to being a, a dopey man. So thank you to that lovely lady. Thank you for making sure I wasn't going to become an open, open book spreading feelings and being vulnerable and putting myself out there no you shot it down and we all thank you for it because now i'm a stunted owl i'm a stunted owl who looks like he's got squirrel hair and i'd like to thank you because i'll never open up again thank you that's the only thing thanksgiving was last week i ate too much turkey People kept asking me, what are you thankful for? And I didn't have an answer. I kept telling them, I'm thankful for nothing. I deserve more. I deserve better. Give me all of everything that I want. That's what I want for Thanksgiving. Um, But now I should have said I was thankful for that. There's always next year. There's always next Thanksgiving. Please, God. Please, God, I'll have the, the confidence stand up at a table and say I'm thankful for I'm thankful for not being open <laughs> I'm thankful for being a real stupid man thank you thank you dear lady who shut me down shut me down you closed the open door I like it that's a good way shut that down close the barn door there was a dude one time here in LA and he was like hey man can I take you to brunch and I was like if you're paying if you're pain, I'm there. If you're pain, I am there. Is what I sang down the phone to him. I am there. Come by, yeah, my lord. If you're pain, I am there. And he said, if you stop singing, I'll pay. And I said, that suits me. Down to a T. What's that Christmas song where it's frog singing? It sounds like Oompa Loompa. Oh, I always forget it. It's a classic, great Christmas song. I need to hear more Christmas songs. It's always sad in LA. You don't hear enough Christmas songs playing unless you go to a, a shop, a clothes store. Um, Keep forgetting what I was going to say. These rambles. Oh, dear God. Dear God. I should stop it all. 18 minutes in. I should, I should press no. And then I'll turn my agents here with me now. I got my agent, my managers in the room. Um, got my tour manager, my booking agent as well, my theatrical agent, my commercial agent, uh, my hair and makeup people. They're all in the room currently watching me make this uh, this podcast. Art is what they call it. I call it a podcast, but they say no, Mark, no, simmer down now, Mark. You're you're uh, you're putting yourself down. This is pure art. This is art. You should be selling every episode for money. It's considerable how artistic and poetic and serious yet lighthearted. You're a bit like the news, they tell me. You're like the six o'clock news. And I'll say, ah, that's is that a compliment? They say, yeah, because a lot of people tune in. Then they tune out and they regret ever tuning in. And I'd say, that's me. I'll make people regret, like liking me that's one of my main talents if you like me oh don't you worry i'll make you i'll make you regret that unless you're cool have you ever met someone who's so like in your head you're like hmm they must have been molested (laughs) hmm what trauma do they have that they're so funny and sound and chilled and down to earth Hmm, i wonder what it is let's find out let's ask them hey have you been molested and then they'll say how you knew, you knew Uncle Luke. <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh no, I was only joking," but you're quite funny, so you must have trauma deep, deep inside. I had some physical trauma the other day. I kept hitting my head. I hit my head off a cupboard. Then it was so sore. It was like insane. It's still actually sore to touch, and this is probably two weeks ago. That's a long time for a sore head. Then at night, it was like the back back left of my head. Is that the cranium, the geranium? Who knows? It's, it's, it's the brain. That night, it was like sore to touch in the pillow. I was like, ah, oh, Jesus, this is killing me. So I got up, 
to get some like headache pills but i didn't want to wake up too much so i left the lights off because you know i'm a stupid man and i tried to walk there to the kitchen to get the pills and obviously i just didn't see anything probably eyes were closed too so i wouldn't even get used it was like one of those tricks where you're like i'm gonna trick myself that i'm awake uh by not opening my eyes or that i'm still asleep and this is all just a little a little pit stop during the sleep and then because my eyes were closed and it was dark i walked head first into a doorway same side of the head so that's two for two my left side of the head screaming at me it's like mark what are you doing you're trying to kill us you've only 14 brain cells left on this side please for the love of god stop stop we like you stop it please you're battering us battering please no and then the next day i was in my garage and i was walking up with groceries but i had to like put the bag down to open the door two bags two double bags you know me guys i like to eat some healthy food i got i got muscles so i can walk up the stairs with bags that's the dumbest line i think i've said on the on the podcast i've got muscles so i like to carry shopping bags um but as i was like standing back up my neighbor opened the door right into my head right into the crown of my head left side again three for three and then I've been having headaches ever since. So I'd say I have that thing that American footballers have. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, it's not fun. That's all I'll say to that. I'll say it again. It's not fun. Um, it's sore. It's sore. But, you know, it's better to be physically sore than uh, emotionally sore. That's what I realized that one time. And I opened up to a girl and she said, ha, ha. You're a little pussy. You're a little bitch. Little pussy, little bitch. She mocked me. She put me in my place. Irish Irish history flooded in my into my damaged brain and said, Hey Mark, we don't do that in Ireland. We don't open up. You keep it tight, you lock it down, you hide the you hide the priest's secrets, you hide the church's secrets, you hide your own secrets, because only God can judge you now. So don't let anyone else judge you and then God will kill you. And then hopefully he'll bring you up to heaven because he's been so nice to you all along. He's judging you and he kills you. So obviously he's going to be like, come on into this VIP party. And you're like, really, God? Jeez, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think you'd be. The... I thought you were a prick. But deep down, you're just tough love, huh, God? Tough love. And he's like, tough love. Yeah, man, whatever. Just get inside. Don't drink all the good booze. And he'll be like, thanks, God. And then you're like, hey, God can I stop drinking? I'm in heaven. I shouldn't need alcohol as a crutch. And they'll be like, no, I got you. I got you. You're now my little monkey. I can do what I want with you in heaven. And you're like, no, God, I trusted you. I trusted you. I'm a dumb Irishman. I shouldn't have opened up, I swear. And they'll be like, that was your, that was your issue. Did you watch... The Irishman movie. I've been watching that for nine days solid. How is it so long? I like it. People are complaining about it. Screw you. It's got Pacino, De Niro. What's that other little dude's name? Ah, uh, my dumb brain. I've only using half a brain. Joe Pesci. Do you want to hear a Joe Pesci story? One time playing soccer, my buddy... Had a soccer pitch up the top of Mulholland Drive. English singer goes by the name Robbie Williams. He got a couple of houses. Sound fella. He converted one house, one tennis court into a five-a-side soccer pitch. Best pitch in the world. You could see all of Hollywood, and then you could see all over the others. Oh, it was unreal, unreal, unreal. Best five-a-side, bar none. People be like, "What about this one and the Abu Dhabi up in the skyscraper?" Nah. This one was slick. Um, so we're playing soccer one day, but the ball keeps, like, I don't know, the ball was going over the fence into next door neighbor's house. The next minute, uh, some dude shows up with, like, a, an angry dog, like a pit bull or something. And he's, like, screaming at us. He's like, you fucking kicking the ball into the neighbor's, like, you know, he's just screaming. The dog's, like, biting at the fence. We're like, what the fuck? And it's Joe Pesci. Going crazy, 
going berserk because the ball keeps going into his garden. And we were just like, is that Joe Pesci? Is he going to break break our faces? Is he going to curb me? I'll take a curbing off Joe Pesci. Nothing sexual, more just for the story. Come on, Joe, you and your dog can beat the fuck out of me. And that's my Joe Pesci story. Great story. Dropped it in there. I thought about that many times while I was watching The Irishman over a nine to ten day period. With all the classics. My buddy uh, Al Pacino. Did I say him earlier? I don't know. I'm dying. I'm dying. We're all dying to be fair, but I had some quiche earlier. Oh, maybe I'm... uh, Do you know what's a funny American disease? I don't know if I have this or it's just... There's a disease... Sorry, there's a technical glitch there. It's not my stupid mouth. It's the audio. There's a disease in America called mono. I don't fully know what it is. Um, It's the kissing disease or something. I'm not even going to Google it. I'm just going to go off secondhand information that people have told me because that's what this podcast is about. It's not about facts. It's about... The other, uh, the app. It's about gossip. This is now a gossip podcast. 140 episodes in, and we're only going to be gossiping from now on. Did you hear about Susan giving Johnny, Johnny, Johnny two strokes? She wanked him off for three strokes. She got the third one out of him. It's amazing, Susan. She knows what she's up to. She knows how to edge an edge a man. She'll take him to the brink, and then she'll whisper in his ear. One more stroke and I give you some ginger nuts. And old Johnny Two Strokes was like, okay. And he held strong. And one stroke later, Bob's your uncle. What does that phrase mean? Who knows? Who knows? And once again, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Quiche. Mano. Quiche. Also, mano apparently is a kissing disease. I don't know what it does. It makes you lethargic. Is that what it is? Gives you the flu. Makes you like just tired. Run down. You get it from kissing people. What a lovely gift from God. Here here guys. Here's the gift of mano. You like that person? You really like that person? You want to express how much you like him by kissing? I'm going to give you this weird old disease. Illness. Ailment. I don't know what it is exactly. But mano. It's so American sounding. Mano. Oh no. I've mano. Oh no, I've mano. Oh mano. Oh mano mia. Um, yeah, it's a weird disease. The kissing disease. Although it's hard too to know if people in LA have mano because everyone is just a depressed whore as it is. So are they going around kissing people too much? Are they just depressed and lethargic? It's hard to know. Let's undiagnose and diagnose ourselves. So. Maybe you have mono. Am I talking to myself? I don't know what mono is exactly. Tired. Maybe it's the weather. Lethargic. Maybe it's my mind. I feel like I realized the other day, if you ever had a girl text you being like, I'm bored, entertain me. There's nothing more that makes me want to stop you less. Not makes me want that I'll stop texting you. If you said, I'm bored, entertain me. It's like, oh, fuck off. Grow half a brain grow half a brain read a book be a little bit entertaining and then the banter will flow i'm not just going to start that's like me sending a girl being like oh, i'm horny send nudes send nudes baby i'm not coming out of the blue baby 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 send me some nudes i'm bored entertain me i feel like there's mental people online too like strangers will send me that i'm bored entertain me how fucking bored do you think I am that I want to entertain you and your um your fucking what's your private profile? There's not even a picture. That's amazing to me. People will message me, they'll be like, uh Hey you horny. You wanna hang out? And it's a private profile. Someone texted me earlier. This girl's a nut. She should keep texting me. I'll, these are all unanswered texts. Come over. Why are you boring? Come play with me. Do you like men then? Come over. Today, you're so perfect. Ugh, am I ugly? What are you doing tonight? 
you come party you gots to come are you scared so boring come play i won't embarrass myself further you're a basket case you're not witty hotness express terrible mark under exceeds my expectations i was bored hello i can always tell <laughs> like what the fuck I just don't answer him and she still follows me and it's like what the fuck are you on about that's amazing I like it. that's the thing in LA too that like um, people girls aren't hot girls aren't used to rejection so they're like I've been asked that's, I forgot about her too Another girl was like, come hang out. And I was like, I can't. I'm doing work. And then she was like, can I say something? And I was like, go on. She's like, I think you're gay. And I said, why? And she said, because I asked you to hang out. And you said no. And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. You don't know uh, the meaning of no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That makes you think I'm gay. Because I'm busy with work. I'm gay for work. I really want to fuck work up. I really want to pick work up. Take work on a date. And then fuck work. I'm gay. I'm sorry I rejected you. To hang out. I'm sorry. You got to come to party. Furthermore. Embarrass. Nice. These people are mental. That's what I don't get. Not all of them. But like some of them. They just don't. I don't know. I can't uh, explain it, so I won't even try. Like a girl recently asked me, she's like, she came up and was like, does your name start with R? And I said, no. She said, it does, Mark. And I said, what the? F-? And then I walked away. That's all I got. I said, what the? I walked away because like what the fuck does that even mean is it me sometimes I wonder maybe I'm after too much do you ever drink so much coffee you, like I know I've drank too much coffee when I feel afraid I'm like oh Christ oh dear God I'm afraid for no reason why am I afraid tell me why am I afraid Tell me, God, why am I afraid? And then God whispers in my ear, because you're drinking too much coffee and you're talking to too many dumb people and it's fucking up your brain. There's why. And I'll say, ah, God, give me something more specific. That's just, um, that's just, that's not, that's not on me, God. And then God will say, if you're not listening to me, I'm going to give you mono, you little shit. Go on there now. Go out there and kiss, kiss a girl you like. And I'm going to give you mono in return. And then go home to your cheap sheets. Sweat it out. And I'm going to get into your head. And make you think you have AIDS. Not that you skimped on sheets. Because you don't really understand the importance of good sheets. Just because I'm God. I'm everywhere. Now I'm inside your head. You got to come party. And I'll say, what, God, you're not making any sense. You're like these crazy fuckers on Instagram to send me these random messages that make no fucking sense. And they'll be like, well, don't dumb down. I feel like talking to people in L.A. is dumbing me down so much. I'm just like, all right, this is where I got to be. Just have to dumb it down. And then I realize, oh, no, oh, no, now I'm dumb. I've been making, I was wondering this week, I made like two curries and a quiche. And I was like, what's happening to my brain? Am I depressed? Is this, is this depression? Have I given up on life? Or, or did I just get a big lot of turkey leftovers? I did this thing on Thanksgiving at the Laugh Factory. They like feed the homeless. And then we do a show for them. They do it all day. Like four shows, I think. It's pretty mighty. You feed them all and everyone's having a laugh at all these homeless people. And it was raining and cold. So it was like, Jesus, if you're stuck outside, no food. What a disaster. 
I don't really know anything about Thanksgiving. Like, I like it. You just eat food and chill. Have a merry old time. Have a merry, merry, merry old time. Merry, merry, merry old time. But it's not like Christmas. So you don't have to be like, ah, oh, I bought so many presents. I'm broke. Ah, oh, got crap presents in return. Here's a trick for you. Leave Christmas shopping until the very last moment. Why? Because you never know who you might no longer be friends with. You might have a friend who out of the blue, three days before Christmas, says, hey, we need to chat. And you'd say, what? And they'll be like, oh, I brought you here to brunch today to open up and be vulnerable. And I'll say, wait, stop. You're a man. I'm a man. This is not what men do. And they'll be like, no, this is the new men. We're not afraid of our feelings. And I'll say, no, I am. I am. I'm afraid of feelings. Why don't you punch me instead? Punch me instead of having this chat. And I'll say, what is it so? I'm trying to be open. Even though a, little, a girl called me a little bitch, I'm trying to be open. What is it exactly? And I'll say, I just don't think you appreciate my feelings. And I'll say, no. Why did I come here? I could have stayed at home and ate porridge and not have this brutal conversation. So, yeah, that's what you should do. Um leave your christmas shopping to the last moment and anyway, thanksgiving's pretty good but we were at the end there was like a food left over this is why i got the end too because this happened last year because i'm a sneak people are like oh that's so nice so nice that you did that for the homeless people and i'll say yeah but it also made me feel good so that's nice for me you know nice to make myself feel good that's why i do everything um and then also, they were like the caterers because the food was actually very nice. I say actually very nice because I thought there was going to be like serving like prison food almost. There was like, ah, these hungry people will take what they can get. A bit stupid on my behalf, a bit condescending, maybe a bit ignorant, but that's me in a nutshell. Um, but the food was really tasty, really good because there was like, they got good caterers to serve it, make it, whatever the, the right verb was there. I'm reaching, I'm grasping, I can't find it, reaching for the stairs, I fell in the gutter. The verb didn't come to me, I apologize, people. But anyway, at the end, they're like, who wants this, like, there's, you got yams, stuffing, like, big platters, big trays of food, if you don't know what a platter is. Actually, it isn't, wasn't a platter, it was a tray. Now who's dumb? Answer was me. Tried to be very smart saying platter, and it was actually a tray. Big tray of food, and then I took turkey. It's a turkey on the outside, and I took it home. And then I realized it was all dark meat. Not that I dislike dark meat. I kind of like it, but I prefer when it's warm. I prefer the white when it's cold. And then I just had a big tray of meat. And then that's when the guilt kicked in. The guilt of maybe being Irish. My mom saying, don't leave any food to waste. You'll starve. There's children starving in the world. And then you got the whole potato famine guilt back your brain as an Irish person. You can't throw away food. People were dying. There was no food back in the day. And now you're just going to throw away a whole tray of meat. It was so much meat. So much meat. It was so much meat. It was so many meat. There was so many meat. There was so every meat. Every meat under the sun. There was like so much meat. And I was telling my mom, I was like, oh, I've got all this meat. I'm just going to throw it away. She's like, no, you should make some curry for yourself. It'd be lovely, some nice curry. And I'd be like, that's effort. I don't like to put in effort to making food. And she said, ah, go on, you'll like it. And I'd say, all right, and you've guilt tripped me. Not really, but something went into my brain. I said, okay, looks like I'm making curry. So I don't disappoint my mother. We're back in school. Gotta have good grades. Gotta have good uh, exam results so I don't disappoint. That's the main thing. Just don't disappoint. Um, so then I went and I spent $70 on curry ingredients. Maybe I bought some other stuff. But I remember being like, I could have went to the Chinese place across the street and got a nice curry for $15. And I spent $70. And I got to go home and make it. Went home, made it. And oh, Betsy, it was unreal. I realized, oh, this is good. And then I felt an accomplishment. I was doing something with my life. And I said, oh, no, have I given up on life that now this brings me joy? Making food, making a curry, dumping stuff into a pan. People who were chefs, too, I realized, you got to tone down your haughty totty. I'm an artist. This is tough. If I can make an unreal curry, then alas, alas. I don't think it's that tough, really. 
it's not. You just follow instructions or else you just think, what do I like in a curry? And then you say, what else do we need? And you slap it all together. You Google your brain grocery store. You're good to go. But it was so good. I was like, I ate it all. I made a lot. And then I ate it. And then I ate it again that night. Then the next day I was like, ah, I still got a lot of food. A lot of turkey. So I made another one. Which was even better because, you know, I was a pro at that stage. I was on my second uh, curry. Got some coconut milk. He got some, I don't know what else was in there. Mushrooms, onions, peppers, snap peas. It was a whole delight. It was unreal. I told my mom, she was like, oh, you should try a quiche too. And I said, dear God, mother. Dear God, why would you keep stop suggesting foods for me to try and make? Because I won't not make them now for some reason. It's cold. Maybe I'm hungover. Maybe I'm vulnerable. Should I go tell a girl I like her? No, because the last time you did that, she's a girl called you a little bitch. So no, let's put this vulnerability into making food for no reason. So yesterday I made a quiche. I love quiches in Ireland because my mom would make them after Christmas all the time. You got a quiche and coleslaw and chips or fries, as they say, in the wonderful land of America. And oh, what a great meal. What an unreal meal. That sounds like one word as one. Unreal meal. It was an unreal meal, though. Really good. Really savage. So yesterday I said, can I do it? And I went down, I bought a pan, bought the lot, bought so many eggs, all the ingredients, Onions, same as it's basically the same as a fucking curry, just a lot more eggs and all coconut milk. And I put it in, and it took me about an hour to make a quiche, and then it came out, and then I ate the quiche, and I was like, "Oh, this tastes good," and I liked it. I liked it. I swear to God, it was nice. And then I realized as I was putting the rest of the quiche into the fridge, my brain just said, "Not worth it." <laughs> All that effort, nah, not worth it. You could have you could have done something better with your life for that hour. And I said, ah, fuck brain, you're right. But then today, I came home and I realized I've got quiche in the fridge. And I was like, that's the life. If you got quiche in the fridge, you can't be doing too poorly. It can't be going too wrong unless it's gone really wrong and you're not fucked up. You've given up. I made a given up quiche. Uh, so to celebrate me giving up on life, I made a quiche. Highly recommend it. High, highly recommend it. If you want to give up in life, celebrate by making a quiche. Maybe next time I'll make a pie. I probably won't. I hope to God my mom doesn't text me any more suggestions. Because I don't want to keep eating fucking eggs. There was 10 eggs in the quiche. I think I'm allergic to eggs. I don't know. I felt nauseous as fuck last night. Maybe that was the mana. Who knows? Maybe it was depression. I hate making any joke about depression because people online be like, hey, you sad? It's like, if I'm sad, I'm not making a joke about it. If I'm sad, I mean like, hey guys, I'm so grateful and blessed and honored just to be here. Thank you. That's how you know it's it's the end of me. But if I'm saying, oh, I made a lovely depression curry, that's a joke, fuckers. I'm no longer dumbing down. A girl told me recently, she was like, you shouldn't dumb down your jokes. And I said, I don't. And she said, I think you do. And then I realized, oh, she she knows me better than I know myself. This smart woman just met me and already she knows me better than myself. And she asked me, so what was the question again? What was the favorite, most favorite thing that people say about me? And I was like, oh, that I'm funny. And she was like, you're lying. And I was like, oh, oh, I am lying. <laughs> I was like, I don't know that I'm smart. And she's like, you're lying. And I was like, that I'm nice. She's like, you're lying. And every time she said it, it was like a dagger of truth to my brain. And then I realized, oh, it's when people say that they can be themselves around me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the nicest thing. That people can be themselves. Then they're like, oh, you see me. I can be myself around you. Which is good and bad. It's bad when you're around pedophiles and whatnot. But usually it's good. But she kept saying it till I said that. And she was like, oh, there it is. There's the answer. And I said, who are you, you witch? 
you you brainy witch you smart witch why you go away from me stop talking to me stop making me smarter we're dumbing down we're eating quiche why would i want to be smarter why would i want to be more aware let's dumb down let's dumb down and eat more turkey what's funny too is that she said something uh what did she say again all the phrase cognitive dissonance and i was like oh yeah yeah that's so true <laughs> and then i was like i feel like i know what that means but i don't fully know what it means like i feel like i know what a lot of stuff means but then if i have to articulate it it gets lost traveling from my brain to the mouth to to making sense something goes wrong and i'm like ah yeah cognitive dissonance and she told me and i was like uh yeah cognitive dissonance and then what she say again she was an example like it's when you know you're doing something bad but you do it anyway like smokers if they're smoking a cigarette like they know the cigarette will kill them eventually down the line but they'll do it anyway and that's cognitive dissonance i don't know i need to figure out a better example maybe it's me if i have an after party and someone says come and i was like ah, i gotta get up at eight but then i want to go and i'll be like ah, i'll just go i know it's stupid to do but i do it anyway cognitive dissonance see i can't really explain it fully now i can kind of guess it but she told me that went into my brain and the next day i said it about 17 times completely out of um out of context every time but i felt smart i felt smart i felt i was in the area of being smart and that's all you really need in la you don't need to be smart you just give the perception of intelligence and you're good to go so that's why i was like oh that's just I was in the conversation somebody was asking me about quiche and i was like asher ah, sure, yeah you know yourself now cognitive dissonance and once you get over that you'll make the quiche and they'll be like oh yeah you you read books huh and i'm like i do <laughs> I really do, I read books. And they'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's true. And I'd be like, sure, you, you probably don't because of a cognitive dissonance. And they'd be like, yeah, that's true too. And I'd just be like, yeah, you know, you should look up cognitive dissonance more because it'll improve your life. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, wow, you're so smart. And I'm just saying, oh, Jesus, I know. Sure, go on, get out of here. It's like, we're, it's like we're not even speaking the same language. I'm sorry that you're so dumb. It was probably cognitive dissonance that I'm talking to you. I'm making myself more stupider, but you know, I wanted something to talk to. So here we are. There we go. There it is, as they say. Oh, God. I hate when I talk to someone smart and I just steal everything from them. I'm a thief. I'm a thief in the night. I was out the other night. I was with my buddy, and he had a Spanish buddy there. And uh, we were waiting for an Uber, and this girl came up to us. And like tried to get into the car as it pulled up. And she was like, is this for Julie? And the guy was like, no, it's for Connor. And my buddy Connor was like, yeah, it's, this is my car. And she was like, Connor, suck my dick. And walked away in a huff. And we were like, that's weird. But we just got in the car. But then his Spanish buddy wouldn't stop laughing. And we were like, why are you laughing? He's like, ha, 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 ha. That was so funny. Wait, that's not a Spanish accent. Ole, senor. He's like, ha ha, that was so fun. No, that's going to be Chinese. I'll just do my own accent. We tried, we failed. Hola, hola, que pasa? That's more Mexican. All right, we tried, we failed. Let's just do it in an English accent. Hello. No. So we tried, we failed. Anyway, she kept being like, ha ha, that was so funny. She said, suck my dick, Connor. And we were like, yeah, it's just weird. And he was like, no, it was so funny because she said, Connor, suck my dick because it was your Uber. And we were like, oh, yeah, that was kind of easy. And she was like, no, 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 no. It's so funny. She said, suck my dick, Connor. She doesn't have a dick. It was not her car. And he kept laughing and he kept explaining it so much over and over repetitive. I was laughing by the end. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, he just made this really funny. Why did I tell that story? I don't know. 
God only knows. What's the nicest thing that someone said about you? Suck my dick, Connor. <laughs> hey, Connor, go suck my dick. You're just like, what? What? Oh, why is this a story? What's a better story to get out of this? Uh, what's a good story? Oh, I was hanging out with a girl the other day, and I found out that she got a fiancé afterwards, and then I realized, oh, hey, I'm a side hoe. I'm a side bitch. I'm a side whore. It's funny to think of yourself as a side hoe, as a, as a guy. You're just sitting at home, eating soup, being like, when is she going to text? Is she ever going to text? I'm a side hoe. And then you hit her up with, hey, how about making me your main hoe? <laughs> That'd be so dumb. But that's what this holiday period's all about. It's been dumb. You go from Thanksgiving. I kind of like Thanksgiving because it just keeps going till Christmas now. Christmas cheer. Here's my dumbest Thanksgiving story. Christmas cheer. I meant to be going back to Ireland for Christmas for some shows. Will it happen? Will it not? I don't know. I'm trying to push my visa renewal through in time. Will it come true? I hope it does. I meant to be going to Dublin with Jack Whitehall doing like, I think he said it's 8,000 seater, which is pretty big. I've seen some of the shows he's been doing in England. They're unreal. They're like massive. Massive. So that'd be fun to go back and also fun and go back and see my parents and all the rest. And my mom can be like, do you want to make some quiche? And I'll be like, let's let's get the fucking quiche on, mother. Hand me my apron. Hand me my apron, mother. I'm gonna, is that a bad gift to get my mom for Christmas? An apron. It's too late now. That's the only gift I can think of. I'm going to get everyone in my family an apron. And they'll be like, wow, he's really lost his mind over there. And I'll say, no, it's a Thanksgiving tradition that you give people your aprons. And they'll be like, oh, no, okay, okay, okay. If it's an American tradition, then you're good to go. Then we apologize. So one Thanksgiving, what was this? A while ago. One Thanksgiving, these girls were like, hey, come meet us for drinks. And I was like, no, it's Thanksgiving. I'm chilling. They're like, no, you should come meet us. We want to have a threesome. And I said, oh, okay. That changes uh that changes a whole shebang of things now there now there now. There now that changes the whole perspective. Um and I met them and they were very rumbunctious, is that the word? They were very uh, gallivanting. They seemed true to their words. They were buying shots and drinks and talking about the threesome and a lot of talk about the threesome, which I realize now in retrospect means no threesome. Um, sorry to ruin the story. And then they were kind of being gropey feely. And then one of their boyfriends walked in and one of them said, oh, no. And I said, what? And she said, oh, I got to take care of something. And then she left with her boyfriend. And then it was me and the other girl. And then my I knew some people at the bar and the other girl was getting too drunk. And I was like, yeah, I'm not into this anymore. And then we were hanging out with my buddies and he's like, come on, we go back to this party. And we went back to a party and we were boozing and there was two dudes there. And I knew those two dudes from before, just true, my friend. Doesn't make a difference, but I always thought they were straight dudes. And we were boozing at this party and there was a lot of people. And then they were like, yeah, let's go. Let's go do a drink. And I was like, cool. And then we were isolated somewhere in the house and they were like, uh, we should have a threesome and I thought they were referring to earlier on with the two girls and I was like yeah I know that was the balls and they were like no the three of us and I said huh and they said yeah we should have one and I was like oh this night's gone completely different than how I thought it was going to be and I said no thanks lads thanks for the offer didn't realize you were gay but now I can see the the spark of joy in your eyes the twinkle I think the gay twinkle is just because uh, gay men are happy and straight men are um, angry or dull maybe straight men just have mono every one of us has mono We're, we're lessened in life and then I went home all on my own and I went home and ate some turkey and that's really what Thanksgiving is all about the the promise of a threesome 
the failure of a threesome, the new threesome offer, which is completely different than the threesome you want. And then you have some turkey. And that's really what Thanksgiving is all about. A lot of people have been writing into me and said, can you explain Thanksgiving? There you go in a nutshell. There you have it. Uh, Thanksgiving tale. You never know when. I remember actually, there was another, this is another weird story I think that happened around Thanksgiving before. This is the weirdest one. I've told this on the podcast before, but I'll say it one more time for the new listeners, for the people in the back, the people who just came in. Um, one time I was like, I had to move apartments and I was hunting around this time and I saw this apartment that was like a penthouse. It looked unreal. I was in a good location and it was really cheap and the person was renting out a room but they were like, I'm never here so you'll have the place yourself. So I was like, I'll just go look, see what it's like. I didn't want to share but I was like, I'll see what it's like. So I go, the building's nice. Um, oh, the story's so long. Why the fuck did I start? So I go and I phone the person and they were like, hey, buzz in and I tried to buzz in they didn't answer they were like hey there's going to be a silver haired daddy walking out in a minute um, when he walks out you just walk in and come on up to the fourth floor or whatever it was and I didn't realise at the time I didn't know what a silver haired daddy was and then I saw I was waiting outside and then this dude who was older with grey hair was walking out and he opened the door and he was tucking his shirt into his pants and then I was like oh shit and I didn't catch the door in time and then I phoned the girl back and I said, hey, <coughs> I missed the silver hair daddy. I didn't get there in time. She's like, I'll throw my keys down to you. And she stood in the balcony and she threw them down. And I went upstairs, took a left, the elevator, went into the apartment. The door was open and the place was like it was being fucking torn down. It was a shithole. Really nice building, but the, the, the roof was on the ground. There was like cats wailing. It was weird. There was like doors just on the ground. It was like they were doing construction, which is what I thought in my head. And then I heard a noise in the back being like, hey, just out of the shower, I'll just be two minutes. And I was like, cool. And it was kind of getting dark. It was like dark. dusk here is weird. It just goes bright and then it's dark. And it was bright when I was outside and then it was dark almost straight away inside. But the lights weren't on. And then the girl came out and she was like, hey, I'll show you the room. And she brought me back to the room, and I was just kind of looking around, and I'm I was wary as fuck. I was like, "All right, something's weird here." Obviously, it's all weird, but you know, I was in the stage at that point of house hunting, and a lot of weird stuff was happening. And I was writing an article, I think, a weekly article at the time. So I was like, "Oh, this might be a story." Didn't realize it'd be the weirdest story ever. It almost drove me out of LA. So we go to the room, and she's like in like a sundress. She's like drying off or something. And she's like, oh, yeah. and she's just like, here's the room. And it was just a bed. And there was just like money on the bed. Um, and then there was a table. And there was just drugs on the table, but like not just scattered, like a drug operation. And she was like, hey, so this is a room. And I was just like, what the fuck? She's like, oh, don't worry about that. I'm a drug dealer. She's like, did I not mention that in the ads? I was like, no, you didn't. And then I was just like, what are these drugs? There was so much. She was explaining. She was like, ketamine and molly and uh, Percocets. I didn't know what the fuck they were. And then she was like, I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry it's messy outside. My maid just left, but he doesn't do a good job. And I was like, oh, the dude. She was like, silver hair daddy. Yeah, well, he, he was a client. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, I'm an escort. And that was his money on the table. Or on the bed. And I was like, you're an escort too. She's like, I didn't mention that in the ad. And I was like, you didn't. You know you didn't. And then she's like, so if you're thinking of moving in, you're Irish. Huh? You better not have a drinking problem. And I was just like, I'm the one who might be a problem here. And then in my head, I was like, when am I going to leave? Because this is the weirdest. And I hadn't really looked at her. I remember at one point, like her dress kind of slipped to the side. And I was like, Geez, she's got no tits at all. Not a boob in sight. There's no breast inside here. Just little nipples. Um, and then she starts smoking. She's like, do you want some? And I was like, no, thank you. I don't smoke weed. And she's like, oh, this isn't me weed. And then I was like, what the fuck? Is this meth? Are you smoking meth in front of me? And I was like, all right, I got to go. And I was leaving. And I was like, Jesus Christ. 
this is the weirdest place ever. And as I was leaving, she followed me out and she was like, hey, um, oh, my keys. Do you have my keys? And I still had her keys. I was like, oh, yeah, here. And I turned around to give them to her. And she went to like reach for my penis. She was like, let me feel it. And I was like, oh, no. And I kind of moved back. And she kind of laughed and her head went back. And then her wig fell off. And then I realized that she was a he. Was not a woman who was a man in a wig. And that is another heartwarming Thanksgiving tale. And I just realized it's 6.15. We've been doing this for an hour. What better way to stop the podcast than right there? Me scampering home, being like, should I move home? Is this a sign that LA is too crazy for me? Um, so there we go, people. If you ever want more Thanksgiving tales, you know where to come. Go out there now tonight and get some mana from your, for yourselves. Um, go do your best and best of luck to you all. If you're in LA tonight, come to the show at Laugh Factory. What a great mono. I, I, like, I think I have mono because I speak so monotone. Laugh Factory tonight, we got a mighty show. Who do we have? Uh, we have Crystalia, Theo Vaughn, Neil Brennan, Ian Edwards, and the stunning Mono Marquez, whose name begins with an R. Hit me up on Instagram at the Marquez, Twitter at Trickadoo, Snapchat at Trickadoo. Go buy my books. Go on. That's it. See you later. Goodbye. Good talk. Go on. Go out there and make quiche for yourself. Lean into your depression. Goodbye. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk.